Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're working our way through 1 Timothy in our current series, Behave Yourself. Now let's jump in and hear what Kurt has to say. And welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Brand new day, brand new chapter, chapter number four. And we are talking today about uh, Bible doctrine and how important it is for us to guard it, to preach it, uh, not to be distracted or dissuaded from it. The Bible says in verse one of chapter four, now the spirit speaketh expressly. So the apostle Paul leads the chapter by saying, God is speaking through his spirit. Of course, we know that when God speaks by his spirit, John, that's the way the Bible was given, uh, the spirit of God, that this is accurate, revealed information from God. That's exactly right, Pastor. Something we ought to always remember, that the Word of God was given by the Spirit of God. You know, we don't know how the Spirit always made sure that what was written down was what was to be written down, but that is what happened indeed. The Holy Spirit bore the people along as they wrote the Word of God. And it is interesting here that Paul emphasizes this was expressly. I mean, this was something the Holy Spirit for sure wanted Paul to write down uh, as you mentioned, all of the Bibles be written down, but this was something that was express, especially emphasized because the Spirit of God knew that the Church of God would be attacked through these avenues, and He wanted them to be aware of what was going to go on. Yeah, when I emphasize something, that's one thing. When you emphasize something, that's another thing. But when God emphasizes something, that's something about which we should, uh, to which we should give, you know, our our total attention. So the Bible says the Spirit speaketh expressly. Here's what the Spirit is saying, that in the latter times, so the latter times, sometimes the last days, you'll see that term used. This refers to the time from the resurrection and ascension of Christ all the way until the the events of, of, of the, the, the rapture, the second coming of Christ, the ushering in of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. In other words, the last days are the days we live in. That, that's the point. So here uh, the Bible says, in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. So John, if I say the faith, what is the Bible referring to? You know, I think of how we find this this exact term used other, other places. I think a Jew contend for the faith. You know, the faith here, people would have understood that to mean the body of truth that God had given, you know, through his son, uh, through the apostles and prophets, what God had revealed that people needed to know to be reconciled to God, to walk with God, to have fellowship with God, and to be his ambassadors on this earth right now. And so this is what we as the church today would know, the word of God we hold in our hand. This is what they were to be aware that people are continuing this, but some who were not Christians to begin with were going to depart from this and go out and preach things that were contrary to the faith that had been delivered that had been delivered to the saints. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because this is not a passage of scripture that in any way, shape, or form is suggesting that people can lose their faith or lose their salvation. That's not the point. The point is that in the established church, and when I use that term to describe Anybody that would name the name of Christ, believers and unbelievers, anyone that would affiliate with what we call Christianity, the Bible says that some shall depart from the faith. They will no longer teach the principles of the Word of God, especially those essential principles like the 
inspiration of the Word of God or the, uh, the virgin birth of Jesus or the bodily resurrection and so on. So the Bible says they'll depart from the faith, and here's why. Because they're going to give heed, listen to, obey, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So seducing spirits, uh, there's an unseen world, John, a, a spiritual world uh, that is fighting against the gospel. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And the devil and his minions would love nothing better than to pervert the gospel of God, to pervert the word of God. From the very beginning, uh, the devil messed with the word of God. Yea, hath God said. From the very beginning, the devil seduced. The, the serpent was more subtle. Uh, he has suggested a, a, a teaching. Doctrine means teaching. He suggested teaching that is not based upon the veracity of God's word. So what Paul is warning about in chapter 4 and verse 1 is what the devil has been doing since day one. You know, when I see what Paul says here, it reminds me it was with good reason that Jesus called Satan the father of lies. Satan has lied from the beginning. As you mentioned, he tried to seduce Eve. That's what he has done throughout the church age. Paul had warned in Acts 20, he warned the elders at Ephesus, hey, be aware from your own midst, there are going to be people that are going to come out and they will be, you know, like wolves in sheep clothing. They're going to preach things that are, that are not right. And Paul wanted them to be aware of that. And that has happened throughout the church. From the very beginning of the early church days, Satan has gotten his people inside the, the church to preach false, falsehood, to see things, to preach things that are not in line with what Christ has said. And Satan wants to destroy the church from within. And that has happened. Sadly, even in our day, there have been some whole denominations that have gone away from the deity of Christ, the word of God being being the word of God, you know, part of the spirit of God. And so Satan has been effective in a lot of areas in getting people to leave what the church once held. That's exactly what the verse is teaching, is that they have departed from the faith, the body of truth that's been once delivered, as Jude taught us, that the truth for which we are to contend, the, the truth upon which we are to build ourselves up. The best answer for the seducing spirit, the best answer for the doctrine of devils is to make sure that we are foundationed in the Word of God, that we know the Word of God, that we believe the Word of God, that our faith is anchored in the Word of God. Verse number two, these doctrines of devils, these seducing spirits that have influenced the some, so the some are speaking lies in hypocrisy. A hypocrisy is when we act like one thing, but we really are in substance another thing. So here are people that are purporting to be Christian preachers. They're purporting to be representatives of Christianity, but they're speaking lies. They're speaking words that are counter to what the Bible teaches. You know, they're affirming maybe uh, a non-biblical lifestyle, or they are teaching uh, quote-unquote truth that is the antithesis of what the Bible says, that's hypocritical. And the Bible says they have their conscience seared with a hot iron. You know, God has given us a conscience, uh, a way by which intuitively we can know right from wrong. We can know uh, things about God. Think about the term, conscience, con, with, 
science, knowledge, with knowledge. God has given us this revelation of knowledge about God and about right or wrong. But for people to preach doctrines of devils, for people to preach what the seducing spirits say, for them to counter the word of God, they have to do so against their conscience. So the longer that you sin against your conscience, the less operable your conscience is. You know, I think even Paul himself experienced this in his ministry. In 2 Corinthians, Paul talks a lot uh, about false prophets, false teachers who have come in. They try to run Paul down and say Paul was really an apostle, and they try to make themselves look good, puffing themselves up. That's often what false teachers will do. They'll puff themselves up, make themselves look like, hey, this is really the guy. He's so smart. Oh, is he so knowledgeable? And people get mesmerized by this false teacher and how he teaches. But Paul told Corinth, hey, be aware of this. This is going on. And I think what Jude, Jude talks about false teachers as being, you know, clouds without water. You know, that it looks so great, but yet there's nothing to that. It is all just deceptive. And that is the lying they do with hypocrisy. They are not genuine at heart, which is so contrary to our Savior and contrary to the Apostle Paul and his ministry. What were the lies they were telling? Well, the Bible gives us a couple of them in verse 3. They were telling people, don't get married. Uh, forbidding to marry. Uh, they were commanding to abstain from meats, which Paul adds, God created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth or the faith. So what were these false teachers doing? They were suggesting a new kind of monasticism, a new kind of stoicism, that there's value in never getting married, uh, there's value in not eating meats. It, it was this almost this Gnostic heresy of uh, all matter is evil. Your body is evil. Uh, pleasure of any kind is evil. And it was anti-Bible, anti-Scripture. And this really goes against who God is as the creator. You know, God, I think when God, in Genesis chapter 1, God created all things. He saw creation. God says, behold, it is very good. But this says, as you mentioned, this dualism, we have the material, the immaterial, and they would teach the material is bad. You know, the material is wicked. Only immaterial can be good. And so they would say these things about the material universe, but that is completely contrary to Scripture. God is a good creator. And yes, mankind has fallen now, but that does not mean that all material things are wicked. No, God's a good creator. God is the one who created all things. And so to say that part of the material universe is inherently wicked, that actually does go back and make God look like he is less than who he is because he is a good God and all that he creates is good. Some of this false teaching probably would appeal to some of the people that were Jews that were uncomfortable with eating these, these meats now, as Peter was uncomfortable when the vision was revealed to him in Acts 10. But Paul's quick to point out, no, God, God created these things, and we can receive them and eat them and thank God for them. Uh, for every creature of God, verse 4, is good. Nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So God has put his stamp of approval on this food. And then as we come and partake of it, we are to have a, a, a cognizance that this came from God. So therefore, we recognize God created this for our good. Number two, we're thankful because God has given it to us. Number three, we're praying. We're communicating to God our thankfulness and asking for his blessing. 
So this is a, a great verse to teach on why it's good to pray before our meals, not in a perfunctory way, but in a in a in a, in, in a way by which we are acknowledging the goodness of our provision uh, of our God to provide our daily bread. You know, I think really what Paul is dealing with here gets down to the heart of something we can find in churches today. And that is there is this line of demarcation sometime between what's called the secular and the sacred, where people have their sacred life, where they need to worship God and please God. And on Sunday, we got to really be close to God in church. But through our work week, hey, that's our secular life. And so, you know, we're not as careful in our secular life. But that is not what the Bible teaches. What our vocation is, is to be used to glorify God. You know, I think of D.L. Moody, a famous evangelist of bygone days. For a while, before he became a preacher, he was a businessman. And he always made a point to say that he was not a businessman who was a Christian. He was a Christian who happened to be a businessman. That's what God had him do at that time. And so this verse reminds us what God does is good. And all of life is to be sanctified because of the Word of God and prayer we are to walk with God day by day. All of life is sacred from the mentality that we are to walk with God day by day, and He is the creator of all. So think about your life today. Think about your activities today. Think about your health. Think about the food that you're about to eat or maybe you're eating right now. And let's just stop for a moment and realize that every good gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights. And uh, what a great passage to remind us of just that. Well, I hope you have a great day today. Looking forward to jumping into verse 6 next episode. And uh, we'll, we'll join you then. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.